This is the AusChina Business Channel with Stacey Martin, our AusChina Business Specialist and Expat Financial Advisor. Experts, information and ideas on how to navigate business opportunities in Asia. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagle Waves Radio and broadcasting from Vivo Cafe, Sydney. Well, good afternoon. This is Stacey Martin from the Oz China Business Channel, leveraging capital and capabilities. And I'm excited on the show today, we've got Peter Black. Welcome, Peter. Thanks, Stace, and nice to be here with you. So, Peter, you're an executive coach. Uh, you've got a background in accounting, long career with uh, Price Waterhouse Coopers, or PwC as we uh, we know it. Um, but you've made a successful transition, and you now have uh, what we love to refer to as a portfolio career, uh, covering a range of things from executive coaching, tech chair. Um, and just so much experience and you know I know I've had the benefit of that with my own career transition so welcome to the show Uh, Peter can you start by telling us a little bit about your career journey and how you came to be in this portfolio career today yeah sure Stace the uh, typical path that someone like me of my age did was you know go to uni get a professional job work in it and I was there for 26 years uh, ended up taking an amicable redundancy in 2005, um, had what I call now my first retirement or my first gap year, and uh, at the end of that I was able to uh, get into an outplacement coaching role, which then evolved into every other sort of coaching I do, whether it's business coaching, executive coaching, retirement coaching, or um, occasionally a bit of life coaching. Um, so that's what we call the portfolio uh, career or what I'm now describing as the portfolio life uh, because it includes the personal side as much as the, uh, the, the business side. I've also referred, heard the portfolio career referred to as a slashy career. I'm a coach slash philanthropist slash, you know, holidays or mm. what have you. So mm. we live in really interesting times uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about your thoughts on the um, future of work. But the um, exiting corporate career, you know, that can be challenging for many people who haven't um, kept up their skills. Um, and, you know, with waves of redundancies, these are really great opportunities for people to uh, reflect and get some new skills and get their resume and so on up to date. Um, so I know that uh, career coaching is only one of the things that you do, but um, I guess you'd encourage anyone who has that opportunity leaving a corporate to take advantage of? Absolutely. I think it's uh, one of the best times in uh, history to be doing something like this because the technology and the solutions that are available that can allow an individual to be a much bigger brand than just themselves in a very low-cost manner which I couldn't have done probably 20 years ago, but at the time I did, it was just at the early start of technology, social media, cloud, mobile, and all those devices and solutions um, are enormously advantageous to an individual who wants to present a brand. So I, I do encourage people, if they are leaving a corporate career, to you know, explore this as an option. And particularly having their LinkedIn profile up to date. Um, you're a, a big advocate for LinkedIn. You publish a lot of articles. So making sure you're portraying your personal brand rather than someone else sort of thinking about who you are and what you stand for. Sure. And it's not just about the static LinkedIn profile, Stace. It's about your overall online presence and your overall online engagement. Um, the, the big 
issue I see with a lot of people with LinkedIn is they leave their LinkedIn as static. Yep. They're not keeping their name on the radar screen of their connections. They're not engaging. Um, and they're not thinking about their connections issues. They're thinking about their own issues. It's all about me, 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 me. So the important thing is to be presenting you know, good content that is of value to others and is also putting your name out there. And that's just LinkedIn, let alone we look at Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or any other social media platform. I had a. Uh, I was coaching someone leaving their role, and thought they would be a great fit for someone that I had met at a networking event. I connected them and so on. Uh, and when I followed up, they'd said, "Look, we looked at their LinkedIn profile, and we decided not to follow them up." Basically, they'd left their static corporate profile there. So, you know, really the importance of uh, keeping up to date. So, I just want to talk now. You are a small business yourself, so you, uh, I guess, what you're doing really resonates with the audience. And you know, you do have a big brand, and you do that do that in a very effective um, way. Um, so what are some of the, um, I guess, insights that you have being a small business, um, coaching SMEs and particularly the people side? I mean, a lot of times businesses talk about one of the uh, big challenges is managing uh, people. Uh, so you're working with businesses who manage people. What are some of the insights you're seeing or challenges mm, uh, on that front? Mm. Certainly people is probably the biggest issue I'm seeing with my business coaching. I do a lot of business coaching through an organisation called Tech or the Executive Connection, which is a CEO peer mentoring organisation for SMEs. And I run a group of 16 SME CEOs on a monthly basis. In terms of people, I think I'm not saying anything new to you to say that uh, people are complex uh, and often things like a resume, an interview, a, a LinkedIn profile are not the best things to um, assess people on when recruiting them. Uh, so I, I absolutely encourage businesses to be doing a lot more psychometric assessment in, in recruiting. Um, if you recruit well and you develop well, your people can be the biggest foundation leverage that you can uh, generate for your um, business, but you've got to invest time and you've got to invest money in them. At the same time, they can be the biggest drain on you if you don't do that or you don't recruit well. Um, what I am also seeing is that there is an incredible level of endemic stress in people and they are bringing that to work. They are bringing that to work with some very unrealistic expectations as to what the employer can provide um, in a far more competitive, uh, low-revenue growth environment. So managing those expectations uh, and compartmentalising the external stress um, are other things I'm seeing. Look, and post the global financial crisis, it's much easier to step up and say, look, there's a whole lot of stresses that are impacting on myself, my family, my work, and obviously community. Um, so, you know, you really do have a strong interest in the future of work, um, not just the, your portfolio career, but there's going to be a whole lot of jobs that get displaced with the technology. Uh, as you said, a lot of it's low cost now, uh, flexibility with work. Um, but, you know, I've been following the innovation space, as, as you have, and there's a lot of jobs that will be replaced by technology. How is all of that going to impact on the future of work? Will we all be replaced by robots? Not all of us, um, but many of us will, and many of us will be relying on aged uh, on robots. So, for instance, in Japan, if you're in an aged care home, you're more likely to be cared for by a robot than you will be by um, a human being. Wow. Um, so technology is going to provide flexibility to both employers and employees, um, but anything 
any job that is high cost, it's process oriented, it's uh, mechanised, it's um, knowledge work could be um, substituted whether through robots, whether through artificial intelligence, augmented reality, or even you know what we're now seeing a lot of is the sort of offshoring into the Manilas and the Indias. Uh, that's where the the risk will come. The jobs of the future, though, will be the STEM subjects, the coding of all that robotics and artificial intelligence. Um, it will also be all the bespoke, personalised, tailored services um, that uh, cannot be done by robots where they cannot think in a way that uh, a human can particularly when they're caring for other individuals. So it's very much kind of those personal skills so for those who are thinking about how their careers are evolving and we're going to have um, more careers now and as you say the portfolio career where you're doing a number of things so building up skills I guess for jobs we don't even know what they are yet we don't know what problems we're solving we don't yet know what technology or, or services we'll be using so it's really about keeping up to date building expertise in your own field but also being open to uh, I guess the evolving industries um, and new ways of working so so that's very insightful so thanks very much Peter for sharing with us today uh, your insights as a uh, career coach uh, working with a number of small businesses and those insights um, if people want to get in touch with you uh, Peter uh, whether to become part of some of the networks and coaching programs that you're involved with how would they do that um, probably google me Peter Black executive coach and you'll find all sorts of links on my website uh, peterblackcoaching.com um, I'm on Twitter at Peter Black Coach, and uh, you'll find me pretty much under that handle anyway. Fantastic. So we've been talking to Peter Black today, and thank you very much. This is Australia China uh, Business uh, on the SME Radio. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Daisy. SME Radio is backed by the power of the SME Association and its 30,000-strong national membership. For more information on the association and to become a member, please go to www.smea.org.au. listening to SME Radio. This is a shameless plug for an advertiser, sponsor or partner. If you want your business name here and to reach our more than 33,000 members right across Australia, then give us a call. You can reach us via the website smeradio.com.au. Thanks for listening. This is Stacey Martin from the Australia China uh, Business Channel and I'm back in the studio with Peter Black. Uh, we heard from Peter earlier around uh, his career transition to a portfolio career and how he helps people uh, both in the SME sector and in the uh, corporate sector with his executive coaching. So um, Peter, I'm really keen to hear from you today with our SME audience um, around some of the key issues you're seeing in business uh, from your work as a tech chair um, and how SMEs are coping with some of those issues. We talked when I was on previously, Stace, about the people issues, and that is probably taking up 50% of time. But the other issues that I come across, particularly through tech and my other business coaching, um, getting organisations or businesses to really identify what what their strategy is and what their strategy is for ever-changing markets um, so that they remain relevant to those markets. 
Um, even something as simple as the personal health management of a business owner, that's one area of neglect. And I'd probably put in the same category their personal relationship management because sometimes so much energy goes into the business that the personal health and the personal relationships um, are left alone. So I'm very focused on the holistic business owner um, and making their whole life, including their business, you know, fairly effective. Um, Prioritisation and time management, um, constant challenge. Um, they probably spend too much time in the business, not on the business, not sort of externally looking at other ideas, not thinking about their strategy, not working with their people close enough in terms of giving them sort of long-term skills. Um, cash flow is a perennial, um, particularly at this time of year. February's always a bit tough for uh, businesses, so that's a challenge. And ultimately, it's thinking about what is your ultimate exit strategy? What are you going to do to sell this business? How are you going to make it valuable? Um, who's going to be a potential buyer? Um, and what is the succession planning? So is it something that you're going to have people internally? Um, does your business really have a value or are you really the business? Um, and then the other issue that I'm starting to see is let's say you are successful in selling your business. What are you going to do with yourself after you do sell your business? And particularly when business has been you know, 24-7 for many people for many years of their life, uh, the, uh, all of a sudden selling it and doing something or nothing um, becomes a different challenge. So there's a whole range of issues there and it sounds like we need to get you back on to talk about a number of them. Uh, but certainly, you know, people who have developed their own business, it's all about them and trying to get systems in place and I guess somehow letting go. And if the business has been 24-7, it becomes them. So it makes it quite difficult. So in Australia, we're a relatively small company. We are predominantly uh, an SME um, country, a lot of services. And today in the world, in terms of strategy, uh, are people starting to think uh, more broadly? It's not just Australia, but are they looking to venture more overseas. I mean, we hear about all these amazing opportunities around the world, particularly with our close neighbours in Asia and China and, you know, a billion plus people. You know, there's got to be opportunities there. How, how, would, uh, how are SMEs thinking about uh, in terms of their growth strategy and particularly in terms of exit for expansion and exit of their business? What, what are some of the things that are coming up in relation to our neighbours in Asia and China? They are starting to think more about it, Stace, with... Um just you know the proximity and the the exposure in the press and you know people like you doing you know your Australian China sort of business expert you know sort of strategy I, I think they are still a little too domestically focused okay um, they do need to sort of think about how they're going to grow their market um, particularly where the things like the Chinese demand we know about sort of minerals and energy but, you know, we're seeing that increasing demand for food because of our food security. Yeah. Um, tourism, education, um, and services generally. But I think the other aspect that I'm starting to see more of is that because we have a diverse multicultural society, we're having far more sort of Chinese-born or Chinese-educated customers or employees, which is necessitating us as businesses to think and present differently to both of those cohorts of uh, people, uh, which is therefore dragging us into the, the China and the Asia orbit in any event. Uh, and I think that will in turn give us a easier 
access to the market because we're used to dealing in this sort of multicultural environment. Yeah, look, and it's interesting. I think certainly uh, current and future generations are seeing part of that. But often the, um, I guess the older generation is still very much Australia focused and, you know, many of them are the ones that are kind of looking to exit their businesses and, and perhaps it's their uh, newly educated uh, uh, children and grandchildren and they're saying, look, you know, we really need to move to that next. So that's often, a, I guess, a bit of tension when you're talking about succession planning where the next generation has a slightly different view yeah, um, yeah. or different lens. But there's a bunch of things happening this year. It's the AusChina uh, tourism year. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on with cre- clean and green. Is what They talk about the food security. Um, but look, I, I guess you came on one of those uh, uh, Chinese delegations a couple of years ago. And whilst you didn't have any particular business um, expectations, you really saw a lot on the ground that sort of helped shape you when you are mm. uh, talking to your tech chair, tech uh, clients uh, about their strategies. What's some of the things that have happened as a result of, I guess, seeing it for yourself and then how you've weaved that into your own business? Mm. I, I went in um, to that tour with a very open, curious mind. Um, as you say, I didn't go there specifically with the idea of generating business. It was a learning tour. Um, and certainly it achieved that. I did pique my curiosity about China. Um, Since I've come back, I've read widely um, and sort of worked with a number of Chinese clients, so I've got to understand a bit more about the culture. Um, Yeah, there were some very practical things that I learned on the ground, you know, things like the sort of difference in um, legislation, uh, difference in how they approach contracts, uh, differences in how they approach time management. uh, as well as very practical things like technology, you know, things like if you've got a Gmail account or you're running your business in Google G Suite, uh, you can't do that in China. Uh, you can't use Twitter, you can't use Facebook unless you've got a, a, a VPN. So, you know, getting onto WeChat and uh, setting up effectively parallel China systems were, you know, that was just one of the practical things that came out of Mature. So in terms of running business, you also mentioned staff and a lot of the, uh, in our multicultural society, we've got a lot of people from different countries. So you can certainly start to appreciate those, some of those things from here before you venture overseas. But having done a delegation like that, is that something you would recommend to some of your uh, people, uh, you know, in terms of if they're thinking of a strategy? Because, you know, it's like, like setting up a brand new business. You know, there's all the different things you need to do in terms of setting up a business, but there's a, every aspect's different. So I think more than anything, Stace, just getting on the ground on a tour, you see the absolute size of the country, um, the number of people, and as you would well appreciate, you go into one one big city, and that's just one of many, many, many big cities in China. So you realise that there there is actually probably a number of countries within China because yep. of all the different like regions. Europe, yeah. yeah. And so I think I would recommend people, you know, educate themselves the best way to do it on a tour do it with people who've been on the ground don't do it yourself Um, I'm glad I didn't do it myself and it does help you sort of share issues with your co-delegates but also um, facilitate some different opportunities that you may not otherwise have as an individual. Look and one of the really interesting things is around you build really close relationships when you're on a trip like that personally, professionally, you know you with a group of like-minded people and they can often become your clients and contacts when you come back. So so I've been talking today to Peter Black so your website peterblackcoaching.com and I recall 
Oh, you do actually have a tab on your website about your Asia trip. Um, there's some great references from books that you've uh, alluded to, um, plus those uh, social media technology challenges. So in terms of educating yourself, uh, if you haven't been on a delegation, then certainly that's one way to go. Uh, but more broadly, there's so many opportunities going forward that, uh, and you've got such great insights from your experience. We look forward to having you back again. But if people want to get in touch, you know, the, uh, you're working with a number of groups. How can they get in touch with you? Well, if they're talking China, find me on WeChat, Peter Black Coach. <laughs> um, but I'll, you'll also find me, Peter Black Coach, on most of the other social media. Google me, Peter Black Executive Coach, or um, look at my website, peterblackcoaching.com. Fantastic. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you today, Peter. Uh, this is the Oz China Business Channel. I'm Stacey Martin, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to talking to you again and uh, supporting our SME audience. Thanks so much, Peter. Thanks, Stacey. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagle Waves Radio and broadcasting from Vivo Cafe, Sydney. Want to reach more small business owners? We can help. Advertise with us and connect with more than 30,000 SMEs across Australia. smeradio.com.au